what is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court today, being January 5th. I am your host, Sean Murphy, alongside the man, the myth, the Marquette Heat, sitting in that seat. The man, the myth, the legend, my Dirk Nowitzki to my Steve Nash. I am talking, of course, about my guy, Troy Sergi. Troy, it is so good to see you. It is so good to be sitting here recording this with you today. How are you doing, my guy? Yes, I'm doing great, Sean. Great to be back with you after the holidays and uh, looking forward to talking some hoops. I think since the last time we talked, I personally have been watching more basketball than when we were doing the podcast anyway. So I am very much caught up to date. I know what's going on, what's going on around the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm pumped to talk basketball. Dude, absolutely, man. I, I've been watching a lot more basketball myself. Not that I haven't been watching basketball, but it's just gone way up now because mm-hmm. I got a TV for Christmas, got it mounted on my wall. Um, so no matter what I'm doing, I always have basketball on and it's absolutely incredible. Um, and there is a lot of basketball to talk about. There's a lot that happened in the time that we took a hiatus. Um, I will say that hiatus will not happen again. I will say mental health always comes first. So, um, if you need to talk to somebody, I will have some information down in the description below, but having said that we're not talking about mental health because this is from F court reach and every week, Troy and I talk about all things NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure to subscribe here to this channel. Be sure to check out the special episode that released on new year's day with my guy three cone, which again, shout out to him. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and absolutely great time. Great listen too. So be sure to check that out, but also be sure to follow me on Twitter at Sean Afcourt. Be sure to follow my guy, Troy at Troy Sergi 44. And of course, from Afcourt is on all podcast services that your heart desires. So be sure to share with your friends, leave us positive reviews and keep the good vibes rolling. And with that, Troy, we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, first, before we get into some like the big news and some of everything that's kind of happened and some of the stuff that we want to talk about, I want to touch on the Detroit Pistons, Troy, because holy hell have they been hard to watch over the past month. Big time. Um, they at one point um, put out a they, they have put out lineups that have that have had to be seen to be believed. Um, they're <laughs> their uh, injury report literally almost took up an entire slide on Twitter and it almost felt like they had to extend it. Um, <laughs> there have been multiple G league players that have started in Troy. The Pistons have hit a franchise record of most players to don a Pistons Jersey in a single season. And wow. we're not even halfway. Yeah. So with uh, which, by the way, Troy, that number is at 25 unique players. I would not have guessed that high. I've donned a Detroit Pistons jersey this season. 25 different players. In fact, against the San Antonio Spurs, the Pistons rolled out a starting lineup of Derek Walton Jr., Frank Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, Sadiq Bey, and Luca Garza. And we won! Uh, not that Spurs game I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah, others, yeah. the other Spurs game the with the same lineup, right? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but Troy, I want to ask you, man, first of all, 
Um, what? Yeah, yeah. So right now it's actually my bad. It's twenty four unique players, okay. um, which is still absolutely insane. Yeah. But Troy, um, I want to know what have what have been your impressions of this team, um, of all of the G League players that we've seen? Because let's be honest, it kind of it's kind of felt like we've been able to watch the Motor City Cruise quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what guys have stood out to you? What guys yeah. have you been impressed with? Right. Well, I think, you know, n- not to go G League first, but just who's, who's impressed me with this, I guess, G League stint of players uh, or maybe more appropriate COVID stint of players uh, was, would be Hamadou Diallo of just yes. how great he's been playing. Yes. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about him in previous podcasts about, you know, how his role needs to expand, how he needs to shoot that three a little more, how he needs to be a little more aggressive and not out of control, in, you know, in, in the game. So, mm-hmm. With that, I think, you know, he is playing very controlled basketball. I think he's mm-hmm. playing very team oriented basketball. He's excellent on the defensive end, excellent yeah. on the defensive end. Yeah. And uh, uh, through the month of December, he was leading, leading the league in steals. Right. Which is incredible to think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy with COVID that really stepped up and I am incredibly impressed with him. Absolutely. Um, and as far as the G league guys, uh, Derek Walton, um, I guess kind of have been impressive, you know, just his, his ball handling and his facilitating on the offensive end. Um, he, 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 he was controlled. He was calm. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like a good steady presence. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I right. think, yeah. um, you know, he's a guy that has, that's had a little bit of NBA run before. Um, mm-hmm. but I could definitely, uh, specifically, I think to like the next game when, uh, he was a turnover machine. Um, but for the most part, I mean, he was pretty darn solid and, and honestly, that's a game you kind of expect that to happen, especially right. when that's a, uh, when that's a Tom Thibodeau led, uh, New York Knicks that had a good amount of their guys that were back from COVID protocols. So, you know, listen, that that's that at that point, that's just semantics, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, overall. Right definitely he definitely came in and held his own so yeah um, yeah no I definitely think that and it reminds me of uh when we were talking about how you know the NBA as a whole uses their G League a lot more than they did five years ago and especially uh, 10 years ago right um, yeah, when the G I mean, League the was G- just kind of I mean listen all jokes aside the G League just held the NBA up for the past month Right. Big time, big time. And uh, with that, you know, it kind of reminds me of baseball a little bit when I'm not a huge baseball guy, but you know, when you don't really know a lot of those guys with minor leagues and injuries, and it's, it's very similar kind of thing where it's hard to follow, but um, you know, versus teams again, like 10 years ago, you know, you would only see your 15 guys and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you didn't make a trade or you didn't sign a free agent, you would literally only see your 15 guys for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a different league. It's changing, Sean. And, uh, for the better. Sure. Um, but it's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and I think, you know, to your point, um, you know, listen, that there's been guys that have just had to step up. You know, I think Hamadou Diallo is certainly a guy you can look at and say, okay, he's had an absolutely stellar, um, stellar stretch. I mean, he was averaging 32 points a game. Um, and the, the thing that was impressive is he was doing that without really shooting, the three a whole lot. I mean, he was um, in these games. He really was only like shooting like the the most three point attempts he's had in a game all season is four. Like, so like, he's really Mm -hmm. not shooting the three much. He's really, um, you know, he's one of the, like the league leaders, especially among guards in scoring in the paint. And so he um, he's really, you know, he's done a great job in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, now, obviously, um, you know, listen, his role is not going to be that big 
for this team for the rest of the season, I would imagine. Um, I, I think, you know, I think after this stretch that we've been through with guys kind of, you know, now being out of COVID protocols, having those like having those antibodies build up a little bit, um, hopefully there's, you know, not going to be as many guys in those health and safety protocols, but we'll see. Um, I mean, listen, I, I think, you know, there's not, there's not, a, there's not a whole ton you can take away from, from this offensive game. I think he's been controlled and has done pretty well there. Um, but really his defensive intensity is, has been what's so impressive. And I think Sadiq Bay is, is just, he's hitting a different level right now. Mm-hmm. Like Sadiq, it, Sadiq Bay, um, I've been making tweets and jokes because I was in a Twitter space, not to name names, but I had a guy that was insistent that we had to trade Sadiq Bay and he's got to go. Um, and that takes looking worse and worse by the week because Sadiq Bay playing incredible already tonight, just in the first half against Milwaukee. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, he, um, I mean, listen, just like in the past, like, and, and just, and this was, this was starting to happen before guys went into COVID protocols too. Like, listen, like last few games, he's put up 28, 23, 26, 15, 23, 23, 32, 21. Like the guy has been stable for us. And on top of that, I mean, he's hitting game winners too. I mean, listen, he's absolutely crushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I just, I've been extremely impressed. I mean, heck, he put up against uh, against the Spurs, he put up 21 and 17 rebounds. Yeah. Like, what Phenomenal. the heck? So I think, listen, I think Sadiq Bay could be an all-star. And Me I, too. And I'm too. adamant. I'm adamant on that. I think yeah. he, um, he's a great three-level scorer. Um, he kind of reminds me if if Marcus Morris had a little bit more of star power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or even like a guy, you know, like uh, maybe not coming off the curls, but like a, like a Marcus Morris and a Rip Hamilton JV body kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not yeah, not quite built as big as Marcus right. Morris. You know what I mean? And like you know, Marcus Morris that might sound like an insult, but I just like. The way they attack the game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's, it's different, but it's similar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a little bit of a similarity there. I, yeah, um, but he's also a hard guy to peg with, like a, mm-hmm. with a comparison. You know and saying? moving on, I may not, maybe not moving on, on, but you know, looking at you mentioned trade, and uh, you're in a Twitter space with someone who said we had to trade, and I think that's kind of going out of hand in at least NBA social media as people with their trades. And one thing that really I was thinking about this oh. afternoon, Sean, is. Imagine if these people saw Kobe in 2006, right? Remember that year where, you know, they were barely a playoff team and he was shooting the ball all the time and he actually requested a trade um, mm-hmm. and they, they never, tra- Lakers never traded him. Uh, but just how often he missed shots, right? I mean, he was shooting probably oh, definitely well below, you know, 48, 47% that season, but he was one of the league's top scorers. Um, so I guess, just because you miss shots, even if it's somewhat frequently, that doesn't mean that you should automatically be traded, Sean. <laughs> well, and, and like, and, and on top of that, like, listen, people presume that missing shots means that you're a bad player or that you're yeah. regressing. But like, the reality is sometimes it, whether it's, it's the flow of the offense, whether it's the role that you're playing, there, there's a lot of different factors that can lead into why your shots just not fall. Right. Mm -hmm, And like, mm -hmm. I think, I think it's been pretty apparent that ever since Jeremy's come out of the lineup, we've been able to see Sadiq kind of hit that next gear. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he plays 
Um, I think being able to kind of play more of that four spot has been, has been really comfortable for him. And I think uh, just having less, less guys to contest with the ball, um, having a little bit more open shots. And I think he's been kind of forcing the issue a little bit less too. not saying he's not still creating his own offense. Cause he is, but like when, when he was, it's, it seemed like he was trying to overcompensate and do it a little too much. Right. So I think he's just been able to kind of control it and kind of go more into his own. And that's just been, it's just been great to see. So it has been, it has been yeah, absolutely impressed. Um, now, speaking of Jeremy Grant, um, there is a lot of speculation about Jeremy Grant's fate as a Detroit Piston, according to James Edwards, the third, our favorite Pistons insider up there with our guy, Rod Beard. Uh, it, it is appearing that routinely uh, championship aspiration teams are calling the Pistons regarding Jeremy Grant. So it's pretty apparent that the interest is at an all time high. Mm-hmm. It's increasingly just looking like the market is saying that this guy is going to get moved just from the, just from the level of interest. And listen, I think, I don't think his value is ever going to be higher. Right. I, I think mm-hmm. um, just with, the fact that he's been able to transform his game. Um, he, um, you know, he has one year left on his deal. Um, so the Pistons have to make a decision of if they want to pay him or if they want to cash in, because that's another reason why you bring in a guy right. like Jeremy Grant, right. Is to see if he can, if, if he can become an asset that you can eventually trade. So mm-hmm. I think, I think Jeremy Grant is the pretty obvious uh, contender for potential guys that are going to be up on the trading block and yeah. uh you know troy I, i'm gonna start I, i'm gonna i want to start with this question first of all um do you think that uh do you think that jeremy grant will be traded and if so is there any trade idea that you've seen that you've liked mm-hmm. to be honest sean i might i might go uh the direction of i, I don't think so because if you look at the teams who are competing for championships, their ass their assets that they want to give us would probably be picks, right? Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Draft um, picks? Um, not necessarily. Okay. What are I, you thinking with that? Okay. So I'll start with with my two favorite proposals that have been thrown out there. Okay. Um, so the the first is my second favorite. Um, and these are trades that James Edwards the third actually put on his article in the athletics. So right. So we can um, trust them to a yeah, degree. 100%. So um, if, uh, so if you're not subscribed to the athletic, subscribe to the athletic, we're not sponsored by the athletic. We're just proponents of James Edwards, the third and want to give that man a paycheck. Anyway, he did a, he did an article about who's most likely to get traded and potential trading ideas. And one, one trade that's been thrown out is a trade with the Atlanta Hawks. And the trade is Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson for Daniil Gallinari and Cam Reddish. Ooh. Now Cam Reddish is a flourishing young prospect, a guy that we can bring in on a decent deal in the in restricted free agency. Um, another wing that can shoot the ball and also has a lot of athleticism. Um, mm-hmm. Another guy that can score and space the floor. And, and, and I love that fit alongside Killian and alongside yeah. Cade. I think that's just like an, an immaculate fit. And an aging Gallinari will bring you kind of like what Wayne Ellington kind of did for us a little bit too, you know, just a guy that can pop. And when you need, when you need points, he'll give it to you. So yeah, yeah obviously the trades around reddish for yeah. sure. But well, and the other thing yeah. too, is like a, a guy like Gallinari, like he's a veteran that can come in 
and like he could probably help you win some games. But on top of that, if you find that next year you're still kind of not really ready to contend for mm-hmm. like a playoff spot just yet, he's another guy that like his contract expires next year. He's definitely mm-hmm. a guy that championship teams are going to want to have. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he, you know, just his his ability to score and like especially like be like a six man off the bench. Right, that's, big time. That, that's an elite six man right there. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I love that idea. But the trade that I personally love the most is with the Chicago Bulls. And um currently uh he, he threw a trade with um that would also package in uh Derek Jones Jr. and Matt Thomas. But the guy that would be the centerpiece of that trade would be Patrick Williams. Hmm. And mm-hmm. I personally am I am in love with the idea of Patrick Williams being a Detroit Piston because he was someone that reportedly was really high on the Pistons draft board uh, that year. He's a guy that fits really well. Um, that would fit really well with, with our current roster. Um, he has a lot of athleticism. It's really, uh, it's, it's a really high upside raw prospect kind of guy, but with Dwayne Casey um, and, and the other thing too, he fits our timeline. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So to me, that seems like a pretty, pretty great deal. Um, and also as a guy that likes to watch the bulls, I think that would be a great fit for them. And I think that could make them an Eastern conference finals team. Yeah. 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 I like, I like both of those, Sean. Um, I, I think with Patrick Williams too, I mean, he kind of fits that, I guess, Detroit mentality too of a guy who can def who give you your, his heart every time he hits the floor, mm-hmm. you know, he'll rebound the ball. He'll, he'll score under the paint. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think he fits well, even with, with an Isaiah Stewart um, and a uh, Sadiq Bay, mm-hmm. I guess going back to just the idea in itself of trading Jeremy Grant, you, we have to remember too, that if we don't, we're probably letting him walk next year for nothing, right? At least no assets along with them. Maybe a, a free freer contract that we could for, get a free agent, Grant. but we can't. Yeah, for Jeremy Grant. So really, I, in my opinion, I would rather see him get traded than, you know, let him walk for nothing. Well, I don't necessarily agree he'd walk. I think, I think he loves Detroit. I think he'd sign on a big deal. I think, Ooh. yeah. I think Is he worth a big deal? The big that, deal. That's the question. Yeah. My personal opinion, I think he's a max level guy. Okay. In, in my opinion, he, he, I think he's like, uh, I think he's, if, 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 if Tobias Harris is a max level guy, Jeremy Grant sure as hell a max level guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like one of those, like, you know, to me, he's like one of those guys where, he brings so much value on the defensive end, but also his ability to score and three different levels. Um, right. Jeremy Grant's an all-star, all-star caliber player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and to be honest, Sean, I might lean a little towards that more than wanting a Cam Reddish or a Patrick Williams. Yeah. And that's, that's the difficult thing because for me personally, I would love to see Jeremy Grant stay. I, um, I think uh, he's a great player. The one thing I think you could make the case for is that he doesn't fit our timeline right now in the sense that he's he's flourishing right now. So strike while the iron's hot. And I definitely agree with that mentality, especially, listen, we didn't know that the trade hype would be this high, right? So Right. We, we didn't sign him for this role, to be honest with you, Sean. We signed him to be a strong starting level contributor, but we didn't sign him to be an all-star. Yeah, we, we, we didn't sign him necessarily to be our number one scorer. 
we were going to give him a significant role in the offensive end, but at the time, you know, he wasn't going to be the number one guy. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, and there's cases to be made that it might be best for guys like Sadiq to move on from Jeremy Grant because clearly Sadiq's game has unlocked a different level with getting mm-hmm. that role. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. Um, there, there, there's arguments to be made. Now, I will say um, the worst trade proposal I've seen, um, and this one, th- this is just a doozy, so buckle in. It's a 14 trade, okay? In this trade, the Lakers would receive Ben Simmons and Jeremy Grant. The Pistons would only get Talon Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, and two first-round picks. The Sixers would get Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert, and the Pacers would get Russell Westbrook, Tyrese Maxey, and two future first-round picks. Now, there's a lot of this trade that's absolutely terrible. First of all, Malcolm Brogdon just straight straight up can't be traded this year. That's a thing. Um, But on top of that, um, Russell Westbrook in a Pacers uniform. uh, Not when you're rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, you and I were like, why would they want this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like? Man, like I'm just voting that whoever came up with this, um, I'm just voting that you should not, uh, you should not have internet, and you should not be allowed to express your opinion on basketball. All who, all in favor, say aye. Aye. Uh, but Sean, part of me thinks that that was a joke. To be honest with you. Uh no, no, no. Uh, I I think Lakers fans are delusional. Well, how does Ben Simmons help the Lakers too? That's that's your next question. It's another, it's another stark. It's, it's a flashy Lake. Listen, it's a flashy Lakers move. Like, like right, just, right. But does it push them over the hump to be NBA no, champs? No, no, <laughs> now, now, now you could make the argument that a lineup that features LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jeremy Grant, and Ben Simmons could be an all time defensive team. Like you could make that argument because that, that would be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, I think I think with LeBron's playmaking, I think that that could potentially be a good thing for Ben Simmons. However, at the end of the day, Ben Simmons still makes a four on five on the offensive end, so that's just the way it is. Um, but on top of that, this is just terrible on many levels. And on top of that, Taylor Horton Tucker not nearly the prospect of Cam Reddish or uh, or Patrick Williams. I would say um, one of the most overhyped prospects, pro- perhaps in the history of the league. I go that far. So um, that's where I'm at with him. Now, a guy, Troy, uh, that is not overhyped. And I think we got to start having a legitimate MVP discussion. Is DeMar DeRozan. Now, DeMar DeRozan um, did not did not play bad basketball when he was a San Antonio Spur. Um, He was he was quietly averaging over 20 points a game. Um, he excellent was, basketball with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Excellent basketball. with The Toronto Raptors is playing the best basketball of his life at the age of 32 with the Chicago bulls, averaging 27 points a game, uh, shooting an overall 37, 38% from three. He's shooting like he's shooting an overall like 
50% from the field, high efficiency, best three-point shooting of his career. Um, Troy, this guy is absolutely insane and is the first guy in the history of the league to hit two game Mm -hmm. winners on back-to-back nights. Yeah. Just Um, last week. This past week. mm -hmm. And both of those game winners, by the way, were insane. Mm -hmm. So Both from the left corner, double teamed. Yeah. Yeah. Against the Pacers in Indianapolis and then uh, against the, the, well, the Wizards of DC. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, both on the road, too. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a guy that Bleacher Report called the worst signing in NBA free agency. <laughs> uh, so, Troy, do you, what do you think it is that's, that's causing DeMar DeRozan to have this good of a season? And do you think he should be in the MVP conversation? Yeah, I think uh, his role, I think, really has been um, expanded, I think, with the Bulls uh, playing along with all-star caliber guys like Zach Levine and uh, Vucevic. Um, I really like those guys uh, being additions to his game and him kind of just being his playing his own basketball, too. And I think of, you know, I remember even like two years ago, Detroit fans wanted us to make a, a trade for him. But the, the big thing was his style of play is obsolete in today's game. That was what yeah. people were saying. But, you know, he's proven, you know, otherwise of he's a guy that that's very athletic, that can get to the hole, that can shoot the outside shot. So he's a guy that, you know, ha- has really been taking the league by storm. Uh, is he an MVP candidate? Uh, candidate, sure. Uh, he probably wouldn't be my number one vote but right. um candidate absolutely absolutely yeah. candidate certainly yeah. top five right yeah top five for sure yeah yeah i mean right now i mean it's steph curry right yeah I mean, that's that's the mvp um you know i i think the crazy thing is that zach levine's the, been the the second leading scorer on this team you know what i mean right and who like, still played good basketball who's so still far. playing great basketball yeah but yeah, I think you have I think you have two guys on this team that are clearly all-stars. Mm-hmm. And and I think you have another guy in Vucevic that that very well also could be an all-star, maybe not playing all-star basketball this year, but definitely an all-star. Um and then you have a guy like Lonzo Ball too that's able to play that role and you know a guy like Alex Caruso as well. I I mean we've talked the we I think the Bulls have been one of our favorite topics this year. Mm-hmm. Um and rightfully so, but I think they're just playing a different level of basketball. And I think a lot of it's because of DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if you would agree with this, Troy, but I think my biggest storyline in the playoffs, or at least one of the biggest storylines is going to be how DeMar DeRozan plays in the playoffs, because let's, let's not, let's not lie here. The last time we saw DeMar DeRozan on a big stage in the playoffs, he choked, right? He was, not, he was against the Cavs. Yeah, he was a shell of himself. Let's just call it the way it is, right? Um, he he, he might have made the playoffs a couple years at the San Antonio Spurs, but let's be honest, those were not relevant series. We did not expect anything of the Spurs. They were they were what they were, right? Um, I think if Demar Derozan can turn it up in the playoffs, I think he's in good shape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, however, historically, that's not what he's done. Um, what do you think is the ceiling for this Bulls team? Ceiling, ceiling, 
if, DeMar, if, if DeMar DeRozan keeps playing like this, yeah. if Zach Levine keeps playing like this, if, if this team is in the playoffs, yeah. all, all cylinders going off, because as of right now, they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. 24 and 10. I would say a game six or seven against Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. Wow. I just like the way KD's been playing. I like the way James Harden's been fitting in his role. They're uh-huh. still my number one, Sean. I I, I can't waver. Um, you, you, but you, you think they'd make it in the Eastern Conference Finals over the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks? Oh yes, I do because of Whoa. because of that trio. That trio. That's my vote right now, Sean. I, anything can change. We're still in January, but as of now, yes. Well, that. Get Troy, I love it, dude. But that's my ceiling, by the way. That's my ceiling. Yeah. That's not my like, like firm. That's not throw your money on it today, kind of thing. It's just my ceiling. Yes, I I like that, Troy. I like that. I too think they could very much be an Eastern Conference Finals team. Now, here's my caveat on that. The reason why is because if the playoffs were to start today, uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee one. would play in the semifinals, not the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. Um, which I think could still happen in reality. Oh yeah. 100% Chicago, Chicago could very much finish number one in the East. Like, and if they do, I think they have a good road to the Eastern conference finals. Oh, 100%. Now, now interesting enough, this would set up for a really interesting storyline because if the playoffs were to start today, the Chicago bulls would have to face the Miami heat, which would, which would result in Jimmy Butler not only playing against his former team in the Chicago Bulls, but he would be playing against the guy that they traded for him, Zach Levine. Yeah, right, from Minnesota. Yeah, which that would be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Would love to watch that. And I didn't even think about it. DeMar DeRozan versus Kyle Lowry. Boing. What a playoff series that would be. And then we'll see our coach, Dwayne Casey, front row with popcorn, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. He will not. He will will have been on vacation for a while. He will have gotten gotten back from Cancun. Him and Cade are going to go, are going to go ride on a banana boat together this offseason. Have an absolutely great time. Oh, my gosh. No, but, yeah, I absolutely um, I absolutely love that take, Troy. Um, and I think we can only say good things about this team. And I think we can only say good things about DeMar DeRozan right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Troy, you One know more team... topic for sure. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but Troy, you know what? Uh, you know what's a team we can't really be saying a whole lot of positive things about right now? Uh, are they from that great state in Texas? Maybe uh, Houston, we got a problem? Yeah, Houston, we got a big problem. Because, <laughs> uh, because according to multiple reports... Um, over the weekend, Kevin Porter Jr. decides to leave during halftime, gets in his car, pulls out of the arena, and Christian Wood refuses to check back into the game. Now, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. did apologize for his actions, um, and Christian Wood um, was also suspended. Did not hear of any, um, did not hear of any uh, apologies oh, from him. Um, but, uh, Troy, anytime this kind of news comes out from an organization, especially in the midst of a rebuild, this, this rings alarm bells. And I don't know about you, but, um, 
Troy, first of all, um, J- uh, Jalen Green has only, I still believe, has only won two games in this point in his NBA career. Um, they, they went on a seven-game win streak and have really struggled ever since Jalen Green has come back in the lineup. Um, I don't know about you, Troy, but first of all, they haven't gotten a win since they played Detroit on December 18th. Um, Troy, I'm thinking Steven Silas is going to be the next coach fired. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be my number one pick now. I can't believe I said Frank Vogel a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago, but still, maybe, maybe so. Hey, it's um, okay, Troy. I forgive you. I told I told you it was a bad take at the time. You know, as as long as you can admit your mistakes, that's, that's really all that matters, right? <laughs> yeah, but it kind of reminds me of. I know we like to very much limit our other sports talks, but Antonio Brown did the same thing, right? With with the Buccaneers, literally the next right? day, literally. Yeah, the next so day. I mean, it kind of follows this pattern of when you're. When you're mad at your coach or you're mad at the, the situation, you leave. Right. And I, I don't like that as a fan, obviously. Well, I don't like that as, as someone who's a sportsmanship, but I also yeah. don't know what went on in that locker room. That's another big thing. Not not um, to talk a whole lot yeah. about football, but apparently yeah. Antonio Brown insisted he was not healthy enough to enter the game and would not play because of that. And apparently they they just kept telling him to play. So, you know, there, you know, there, there's a lot to that situation. Yeah. Um, but with this situation in particular, um, it sounds like, you know, a lot of, um, more than likely, it sounds like their effort was probably being put into question. Um, and anytime you have a situation like this, where you're hearing these kinds of reports, um, even though this was a talk from an assistant coach, um, it's sounding like it's sounding like they are rapidly losing that lot that locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, uh, I think with the team's performance with Jalen Green in the lineup, there's a lot of concern. Now, granted, it's only his rookie year. Um, he's only played 22 games. Jer- uh, Jalen Green could very much still be a great player in this league. He's he's He is struggling a little bit. He's only shooting 40% from the field. He's shooting 33% from three, which isn't terrible, but not, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still kind of that guy where either – he's making a big impact on your team or he's nowhere to be seen. And it's kind of no in between. Now um, I will say he has, he has uh, picked up the scoring quite a bit since he's come back. Um, He's uh, he's played four games since returning and three of those games uh, he scored over 20 points. So looks like he's turning it around in that aspect. Um, However, I think it's just important to note that, um, Steven Silas, uh, granted last year was not his fault. And even though they are a team that is rebuilding, um, if it was just the wins and losses, that'd be one thing. These locker room issues are a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now I will say Detroit did have an issue where a player left in the middle of a game. Hamadou Diallo. Yeah. Um, however, Pistons were able to turn that around and Hamadou Diallo is playing the best basketball of his career. He bought back into the system. Troy Weaver was right there to talk him down. We'll see if Houston can do the same thing. But uh, so far I would say the Kevin Porter jr. Experiment is not working. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that, Troy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's tough to match, you know, guys who are, you know, strong, 
starting role players and and kind of make them your basically your franchise you know i i to be honest sean as far as lineups and putting together pieces to be quote-unquote contenders um whatever that means it reminds me a lot of what we did 15 years ago or not 15 but 12 or 13 with the ben gordon and probably building a wave of a member of the chaos with with their mm-hmm. coaching stuff too and you know yeah. it, it's similar stuff of when you when you when you have guys who are good players, but you expect them to be your superstars and you give them these great roles and when it doesn't work out, there can be a lot of problems in a locker room. And that's something that we've, we've seen before in the league. Um, I think of, um, uh, yeah, a couple other teams too, that, that come to mind. Uh, well, Portland right now, maybe not with the locker room stuff, but, you know, besides Damian Lillard, you kind of got a lot of guys who, you know, have bought into winning, but you're not necessarily getting it done. Um, so I, I see I see another one um, of the past, maybe not with the extreme locker rooms, but the Clippers back in 2014 and 15. Well, obviously, they had a lot going on with the uh, Donald Sterling stuff, but even, yeah. you know, got a guy like Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, too you know, who, who were supposed to take the Clippers to the promised land, but just didn't. So I think a lot of times your lineups and your expectations with guys who maybe aren't the caliber players that you think they are. And when it doesn't work out, there can be a lot of uh, hell that breaks loose in the locker room. So I think we've seen this pattern before. Um, but yes, the experiment is not going well in Houston. Yeah. 100%. And, 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 you know, the whole, the whole idea with, with Kevin Porter jr. Was he, um, you know, would he would be the point guard of the future and Jalen Green would be the shooting guard of the future and that would be the backcourt that they would build around. However, um, I think it's pretty apparent. Listen, I mean, just uh, first of all, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, he came into the league as a wing. He actually came into the league as a small forward, um, changed over to the shooting guard position, and ever since he's been trying to learn the um, – have, has, has been trying to learn the point guard position – he actually was sent down to the G League for the majority of the last season to learn the point guard position. Um, and, you know, that first of all, that's a really difficult transition to make. That's like going from a wide receiver to a quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, very different style of game. And, you know, I, I think, you know, he's, he's averaging uh, about four turnovers a game. He's, um, you know, he's not shooting the ball particularly well. In fact, he's shooting 36% from the field. He's shooting about 32% from three and 40% from, from inside the three-point line. Um, so he's not particularly playing efficient basketball. He's not particularly playing inspired basketball. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely don't think his career is over. However, um, I, I think Houston is probably making some assertions that he might not be the guy of the future to be in that backcourt because you know listen right now he's not looking like it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um now again that can change but you know he, this is a guy that's had character issues now in two different teams um there was the stuff that happened with him in cleveland you know so um, yeah at a certain point forgot about that yeah yeah so at a certain point it's like listen uh you know you're a young guy we want to see you develop we hope you can however this is the nba and um you know this is a uh, this is a league of men and uh, at a certain point you got to start backing like a man, you know what I mean? So um, hope you can do that. But so far not looking great. Now, Troy, I will say um, I do want to have an alert, alert, alert. The Pistons 
are currently leading the Milwaukee Bucks by seven. With, yeah, with, with under eight minutes to go in the fourth there's quarter. There's hope. Oh my goodness. The Pistons might beat the Bucks for the first time forever. By the time this comes out, we will know. And either you'll be laughing at us or you'll be yes. celebrating with us. But one of the Pistons. Two. Yeah. Now, now there is one more team I did want to talk about um, before we get to from Mount Rushmore. And that team is the, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Cone and I discussed this team a little bit um, and kind of both agreed that, listen, at a certain point, you just got to blow this thing up. And at this current time, the Portland Trailblazers are 13 and 22. They are 29th in the NBA in defensive rating. Um, they, from top to bottom, this is just not an inspiring roster. In my opinion, I think this team's got to sell. Um, and I think they got to sell quickly. Now, they're in a really difficult situation because uh, CJ McCollum is currently out indefinitely with a, with a collapsed lung. So prayers, prayers up for CJ. He is being reevaluated in the next week. So hopefully he can come back and show that he can still um, play good basketball. However, um, it has not looked good so far. Um, And Troy, I want to kind of ask you, um, how much of this team have you seen? And what do you think is the solution here? Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched them a ton. Sean, but a little bit that I have watched, especially the Lakers game a couple of days ago, um, I see a lot of chaos on the court, not really uh, players knowing their roles, not really uh, have a, you don't really have a guy with CJ out that can um, help Dame besides maybe Norman Powell, but like, no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you don't really have anyone to go along with Dame. And unfortunately, you know, they're, you're, they're kind of reaping what you sowed there, but also this is a team that, went uh, in 2019 to the Western Conference Finals with, you know, not a ton of difference, but, you know, you, you had obviously a healthy CJ mm-hmm. uh, and you got, you got guys like Seth Curry and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate that they're in this position, but when you get in a position like this, yeah, there's no other solution to, to blow it up. Now, what does blowing up mean? I'm not sure if I can totally define that for you. But there has to be some kind of moves. I don't know if trading Dame is that extreme of blowing up, but yeah. maybe it could be. Yeah, maybe not this year, but definitely in the next couple of years. I mean, listen, um, Damian Lillard has talked about how he wants to stay in Portland. He wants to win in Portland. However, um, Portland's not a free agent destination. Mm-hmm. Um, this front office has proven time and time again that they're not capable of building a roster that can help Dame contend. Um, his efficiency has been down this year. He is um, struggling to shoot from the field. He, uh, he's, uh, you know, uh, compared to years where he shot 40% from three historically, uh, he's shooting about 32% from behind the arc right now, which for Damian Lillard, with that being one of his main weapons, that is not great. Um, but on top of that, I think there was a hope that, um, that with a coaching change, that there would be, a, uh, that there would be a recommitment to the defensive end that we would see Portland improve on that side of the court. And we are both Chauncey Billups believers on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that has not been the case so far. If anything, right. they've gotten worse, which statistically shows right now. Some of that's injury. Some of that's just how this roster was built. This team was never going to be a good defensive team. Um, they are bad. 
like they are bad and you can only get over being really bad on the defensive end. If you're great on the offensive end, they are dead in the middle. They are 15th in offensive rating. Mm -hmm. So it's a team that's mediocre at best on the offensive end with a great star, but not much else around them. And Mm -hmm. a team that is terrible on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, That is not, that is not, uh, a sign of a champion ingredients of a championship team. Yeah. That's not, that's not the ingredients of a promising core. Um, and when you have, when you have guys like CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard that are getting paid a a combined total of about $70 million. Um, um, you know, just in those two guys right there, that's a problem. Um, I think there's been hopes that, that Yusuf Nurkic would be better. Um, or that he would step up Yusuf Nurkic ever since he's come back from injury really hasn't been the same guy that, that he was a couple of years ago. But even then um, I just never saw Yusuf Nurkic as being that good. And I think that's kind of shown and uh, yeah, man, I'm listen, I I'm just, I'm done being nice about it. They suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's nothing really more to say, Sean, besides, besides that. I can't believe there's two, 13th in the Western conference, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, yeah. A, they're a top 10 lottery pick team mm-hmm. and yeah. they're, they're winning now. Yeah. 100%. This is a team. I don't want to be a trailblazers this, fan. This is a team with heavy playoff aspirations. They're currently actually 12th in the, okay, in, the, 12. in the Western standings, but they are below the San Antonio Spurs who are by no, they're below the Sacramento Kings. Says a lot. That's a problem. Yep. They they are around. They have the same record as the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans. So the Pelicans suck. have not had a good year. No, no. Um, Zion, where the hell are you? That's yeah. uh, that's just a new question we'll have to ask every week, isn't it, Troy? Um, but that's a that is a whole other bag of worms that we just don't have the time to dissect tonight. But one day we'll we'll add to the podcast. Oh, one oh day. we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. I have no problem. Believe me, in the next couple of weeks, we're talking Zion. That's happening. Um, but Troy, it is of course time for the first time in the year of our Lord 2022. It is time to head from Mount Rushmore with our continuing series of Pistons legacies. Yep. Um, and with that, Troy, who are we talking about today? We are talking about the six foot five combo guard from Eastern Washington, the 15th pick in the 2007 NBA draft. Rodney stuck, stuck, stucky, stucky, stucky. That's who we're talking about today, Sean. What do you know about old Rodney stucky, Sean? Oh boy, what do I know about Rodney Stuckey? Um, he was pitched to, he was presented to be um, the heir apparent of Chauncey Billups. Um, he was the first ever NBA player drafted um, out of Division Three basketball out of Eastern Washington. Um, and I did not believe in him from the beginning. I'm just going to be honest with you um, because I thought, um, even, even my, even myself at that age said, why are we drafting a guy in division three? What's <laughs> what, what are we thinking here? Like, you know, that, 
that that I was at the time, Troy, I was I was 10 years old. I knew more. I, I knew more about this player at 10 years old than Joe Dumars did. And he had a staff that was scouting him. And he must have saw something because. Uh, yeah, he uh, he picked him. But man, I'm I, I, I wish he didn't. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. wasn't a bust, but no. he certainly wasn't what we wanted him to be. Absolutely. And uh, I think the big thing for me is he never developed an outside game. And I think during his era, I guess his, his max playing time, that 2009, 2010 kind of season is, is when we kind of saw that slow shift of, you know, you can't just get to the hole every time you got to be able to shoot the shot as a guard, you know, in the league. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy that very athletic. I'll give him that and strong too. one of our more stronger guards in, in recent years, but yeah, he, he just didn't live up to the hype. Now, I will say there were some promising moments, especially that first year of him being the guy, I guess. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the, the Allen Iverson season. Uh, he did score a great 40-point game against rookie Derrick Rose against the Bulls mm-hmm. a few days before Christmas in 2008. Uh, that was a great game, which uh, he promised after the game that that would not be his first I'm sorry, that would not be his last 40-point game. His first would not be his last, but unfortunately that promise did not come true. His first was his last 40-point <laughs> game. Um, he had some 30-point games, over 30-point games here and there, mm-hmm. uh, but he never lived up to the hype. And I guess it's hard because, you know, we bring out a guy like Allen Iverson to that team to be a core with him, but one, Allen Iverson doesn't have the character to come up character to come off the bench and we learned that very quick um so really we brought in iverson to kind of be a a a role player locker room guy when rodney stuckey was more so the face of the franchise to be moving forward but again that really doesn't make sense sean no um it it never did especially a guy who really didn't have an outside game and Mm -hmm. yeah he could get to the hole he was athletic he could he could he could play pretty good defense to a degree Mm -hmm. But um, he wasn't what they wanted him to be, unfortunately, Sean. And uh, he, yeah, he was uh, he was drafted above the likes of um, he was drafted above the likes of of Nick Young, Swagged P. Yeah, he was drafted above Jared Dudley. He was drafted a lot above um, Aaron Aflalo, our guy who ended up being drafted by the Pistons 27th. Um, he was drafted above the 48th pick of the NBA draft where the uh, where at the time the Los Angeles Lakers selected Mark Gasol. Um, Now, obviously he was picked 48th overall. No one expected him to be that good um, to be historically good. Um, But, you know, here we are, Um, you know, so like overall really like looking down this list, like, like there's very few names. Like I, like I even recognize to be honest with you. I like, I recognize, uh, I recognize Glenn, big baby Davis. Um, I, 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 uh, I recognize Wilson Chandler. Um, I, I, I recognize a guy, I believe I saw Tiago splitter was in here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tiago splitter was drafted 28th overall. Um, but that's about it. You know (laughs) what I mean? This, like, this was very much a front heavy draft. So it's not like we could have gotten anybody much better. Mm -hmm. Um, however, um, I, I just, I never liked the pick. I never saw, yeah. I never saw the vision. I never believed in drafting franchise guys at 15th overall. 
Giannis. You know, just kidding. Not, well, yeah, <laughs> listen, they're, they're, yeah, not very often you get those kinds of guys that drop to 15. There's just so happen been a couple that have been great. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's insane, man. Yeah. You know? Um, and then he went to Indiana for a little bit, uh, kind of found some good minutes over there. You know, that was kind of a role player in the, the Paul George era. Uh, he was kind of Paul George's second or third string guy, but yeah, I mean, nothing really worth talking about in that department. He quickly fizzled out in Indiana. Three yeah. Seasons. Quickly. Yeah, quickly fizzled out. And then he was done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Sean, I like to. I've done this the past two, so it's been my third time asking this question, based off the players that we've talked about, because all of them are borderline mediocre. What can we in today's NBA learn from a player like Rodney Stuckey, as far as mistakes that should not be repeated, not just Pistons but other franchises? All right, great question, Troy. So, first of all. Um, don't draft a guy that's never played against significant talent of MB any significance with NBA skill. Um, don't do that. Um, I think with the internet and social media and things nowadays, I think a lot of those guys, I think, I think we have more tools um, to our disposal with scouting than ever, which is why I think you're seeing uh, gems being found in the later rounds while you're seeing guys that are being drafted that could be effective in the league. But on top of that, um, don't draft a guard that can't shoot the three. Um, and expect him to become a three-point shooter Mm -hmm. Um, because even though, um, you know, at at his highest, he got to uh, 39% from the three. um, But he didn't take a lot of threes. That's the problem. No, he got 39% (laughs) from the three where he was only shooting two threes a game. So, you know, it's just one of those. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you just – you can't do that. And on top of that, um, you know, it, it's, it's just the thing of, um, you know, I, not that I think he didn't play hard or not that I didn't think he wanted to be that guy, but um, you know, you have to have guys that play signi- that play against significant talent in college or overseas. You know what I mean? You, you have to see how they stack up against that kind of talent. And that's how you find gems yeah, no matter 100%, what round. 100%. Yeah. you, you, you look at guys who play well in the tournament. Um, you, um, you look at guys who play really hard in their college days. Um, you look for guys who are high character and unique. And I think, uh, you know, this was kind of the beginning of the end of the Joe Dumars era, in my opinion. Right. I would agree, too. I would oh. agree, too. So, yeah. yeah, he was fun to watch to a degree because he represents childhood. But, uh Yeah say i would ever base my franchise around rodney stuckey absolutely not but you know what i would base my franchise around from half court the nba podcast where each and every week troy and i sit down and talk all things nba basketball again you can follow troy on twitter at troy circuit 44 and you can follow me at sean half court be sure to leave a review share with your friends spark conversation in the comment section down below but also over social media troy and i would love to talk nba basketball with you Thank you so much for listening. We are so glad to be back and we will catch you next time from half court. Be sure to subscribe.